You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. You can email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. You can call into the show for all 5362-7128. There's always ways to get involved with this show. On today's show, brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will need, rockauto.com, tell them Locked On sent you, and the How Did You Hear About Us box. On today's show, we're going to dive into yet another overtime loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, which took place on Wednesday night. I'm recording this as soon as the game is over, uh, and after the media availabilities, we heard from Coach about the last possession. We'll talk more about that, but as we start always with the game overview, in this game, the Thunder were without tail mouth on was out with health and safety protocols. Of course, George Hill is still out with that thumb injury. Uh, Mike Muscala returned from his concussion protocol. Isaiah Roby was out. He was a game-time decision, so he's upgraded from out uh, from the injury report, but on the game-time decision front, he could not give it a go after the pregame warm-ups. For the Lakers, AD was out and Jarrett Dudley was out, as well as Alex Caruso, and LeBron did play despite yet again being listed as Probable. Now, the Thunder also were without SGA, and, and I want to single him out here because I did get a lot of comments uh, on Twitter with the DMs and with the mentions about SGA and what's going on with his knee, What's the, what are the Thunder doing? And so what Mark told us pregame was that this was a re-aggravation of an injury he had last week, which kept him out of games from last week, and the Thunder just want to be precautious with him. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about long-term. I don't think it's something that you should really fret about. But there was some genuine questions from people asking if this was a quote-unquote tanking move. And the, to answer that question, don't get confused by Twitter jokes with reality. Um, it, it's a funny meme to talk about how, oh my gosh, the Thunder, they're going to sit all these players because they want to lose games. That's not the case in reality, especially given the context. So, what I mean by that is that SGA is still a very young player. He, he is 22 years old. He's not a veteran. He's somebody you want to watch grow every single night. He's somebody who you want to see in these moments like you saw on Monday. He got an all-star game and a, and a superstar game out of Monday. He was able to go toe-to-toe with the defending champions in the Los Angeles Lakers. These are the kind of games you want to play your young guys in. These are the kind of litmus tests you want for these young players. So this is not a tanking move to set SGA. It's a precautionary move to sit SGA because at the end of the day, what's more important in any season is somebody's long-term health. And with SGA, you want to make sure you're not sacrificing his long-term health for a game in the middle of February in LA. And I also got a question of like, is it not up to the players? No, it should never be up to the players because the players are always going to want to play. That's how they're wired. They're wired to compete. If you think SGA was not just salivating at the thought of playing yet again in Staples Center and playing against LeBron and trying to get revenge for Monday and wanting to come back here and play in this game as the Thunder, without him, take them to overtime again and almost win again. 
if you don't think it was killing SGA to not be out there, you're sadly mistaken. But obviously the Thunder training staff saw something different. They saw something that would be beneficial for him to sit in this game. So the, the tanking memes are just that. They are Twitter jokes. Now, there are cases where guys will be held out of games due to it's a tanking season. Those guys are not SGA-level guys, right? If Al Horford starts to miss games in April and the Thunder are at the bottom of the standings, that is where you're seeing guys sit due to a tank. It's not with SGA. SGA is not one of those guys. They're not afraid to win games. They're trying to compete. You could hear the frustration from Mark Dagnon. You could hear the frustration from all these players after this game in the media availability. This had nothing to do with tanking or anything other than the future long-term health of SGA. I do not want people to get confused by that, and it was getting apparent by my DMs and mentions that people were getting confused a bit from the jokes versus what's actually happening. They just want to make sure SGA is very healthy, and so do you. You do not want to mess with a knee sprain. If there's any sort of discomfort in that knee, you want to make sure that he's 100% because knees are pretty scary to deal with. Uh, but in this game, the Thunder start out with Dort and Diallo and Kendrick Williams and Darius Baisley and Al Horford. And Kenny Hustle had a career night. Kenny Hustle was great in this game from start to finish. He had 11 first quarter points in this one on his way to a career high. He had 17 points at the half, eight of nine shooting. Kenny Hustle got what he wanted offensively. He finishes 11 for 14, two for three from beyond the arc, and 24 points. And that is so crucial for his development. Being able to shoot at a high clip, being able to, to have high percentages, can open up so many doors for Kendrick Williams because he does everything else. He literally does everything else. He defends, he rebounds, he hustles, he sets good screens, he's a team player, he can fill in the gaps from a multitude of positions, he can play the three, the four, even small ball five. He can do what you need him to do as a basketball player to contribute to winning. And if he can start to be a reliable shooter, and he doesn't have to be otherworldly, he doesn't even have to be two for three every night. But if he can continue to improve on those percentages and be consistent from now until the end, you're unlocking a player for the future. To what extent? You know, again, middle of the rotation guy, but those middle of the rotation guys are valuable as we've seen in Oklahoma City time and time again throughout this last run. So Kenny Hustle played really well tonight. He goes for 24 points. He gets the three steals. He has two assists, six rebounds, and he also has five turnovers, but I'm not counting turnovers against this team whenever they're out of SGA and they don't have tail mound on. And, and there's so many factors going against them. They don't have George Hill. They're out so many guards. With Whenever you put the ball into big men hands like Baisley and Williams and Horford, you're going to see turnovers increase because you don't have the guards to be able to overcome that. Now, Baisley only had two, and Al Horford only had two turnovers. But the turnovers are going to trickle down whenever you have Diallo running point guard. And that's no knock on Diallo. He's just not a natural point guard. He's trying his best. He's, it's a role he's getting more and more comfortable in as the season progresses. But I don't even care about turnovers in this game. But Kenny Hustle was awesome. And, and I like that Kenny Hustle is consistent in his effort and his defense, even while taking on a bigger load offensively. For most players, it's a trade-off. You're seeing that some with Baisley. At the start of the year, he was giving you 110% defensively. He was taking on Jimmy Butler. He was taking on Julius Randle. He was taking on Zion and so on and so forth. But you traded that off with poor offensive production. And you're still not seeing great production from Baisley offensively. But there was a trade-off there. And, and Mark talked about that, that you know, the offensive production at the start of the year was due to him playing, Baisley playing a bigger role defensively. With Kenny Hustle, you somehow got 40 minutes of Kenny Hustle 
who could be a above average to elite defender, a really good rebounder, a somewhat facilitator, and oh yeah, an offensive producing bucket getter. And the beauty of it is you don't even need 24 points for him. This is an outlier game for him, stat-wise. I'm just talking about getting to his spots and, and feeling comfortable knocking down shots and not hesitating and, and being able to space the floor a bit. If you just get that from him, even on a lesser scale than 24 points, that can do wonders for the future and the longevity of his career. And Kenny Hustle is somebody who you just have to root for because he embodies everything that is sports. I mean, he's this ultra-competitive guy that goes out there, and no matter what they're doing, if it's shoot-around, if it's practices, if it's a home game, road game, a team that they should beat, a team they shouldn't beat, whatever the circumstance is, he's going to give you literally every ounce of effort and energy that he has. He's going to be an annoying pest because he's going to be giving the extra mile from tip-off to the final buzzer. Look at the Lakers. I mean, they have the right to do this. They're the defending world champions. They totally have the right to do this, but they did not give you any effort until the very end. You could see watching from home when the switch got flipped for the Lakers effort, the flip of the switch happens for Kenny hustle. The moment the ball is in the air. And that's an attribute that is going to resonate specifically in Oklahoma city, but around basketball. And I am really rooting for his success with the shooting percentages. Cause that's the only thing I think that can hinder him from being a long-term player. If he's shooting at a 35% clip from beyond the arc with everything else he gives you and the intangibles, Kenny hustle is a really good contributing NBA player. Again, don't get crazy. He's not a starter, but a valuable bench piece. And that's what you're seeing from Oklahoma city. And I mentioned it in yesterday's preview show in the preview segment that somebody always steps up for this team. This team is is built, and, and they're just a pain for any opponent. It doesn't matter if it's the Lakers or the Pistons. They're going to give you a run. They're going to they're give you run for your money. They're going to give you a game. They're going to take you to overtime. They're going to give you everything you can handle. And it's due to this fact that everyone finds a way to contribute and step up. They didn't have SGA. They didn't have George Hill. They didn't have Taylor Melbourne. They didn't have Isaiah Roby. Who cares? Kenny Hustle can go for 24. Al Horford can step up and buy in and go for 25 on good efficiency. This team is everything you want to rally around because they're just unselfish and, and they're able to find a way. And that is a, a tribute to the culture in Oklahoma City and the coaching in Oklahoma City. I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You probably had no idea what you were doing on the internet. Like literally had no no clue. If your rotary phone rung, all of a sudden the internet would stop working. But you could have been going to rockauto.com and buying auto parts online. And this is why that's important. Because you can skip the upcharge and get better prices at rockauto.com than you can at dealerships or you can at your local auto parts store. Plus, who wants to go into stores anymore? That's so 2019. Get with the times. Shop online. Stay at home. Go to rockauto.com and find all the parts your car will ever need with their amazing selection and reliably low prices. Once again, rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you and the how did you hear about us box and they'll know what to do from there. We are back on Locked on Thunder on the Locked on Podcast Network. Subscribe to Locked on Thunder on the radio.com app or whatever other place you listen to your podcast from. It is an everyday podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. February is Black History Month and the Locked on Podcast Network is honoring the challenges 
and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. Do not miss this first week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ali of Locked On Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to Locked On Presents Podcast Feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Check out that amazing episode, Locked On Presents More Than a Game. I want to talk now about the rest of the Thunder game. We talked about Kenny Hustle, who deserves so much credit, and just you could still go on and on about Kenny Hustle. But in this game, you also saw Darius Miller play 14 minutes, and he went three for four from the floor, two for three from beyond the arc. And he's slowly creeping up. I mean, this started at 10 minutes. It's now gone to 14 minutes. And you're starting to see where Darius Miller should be at in a normal rotation, even injury aside. So he's creeping into that normal range of minutes. And as I've always said, once he gets that consistent minutes and gets that consistency, you're going to see the shooting. You're going to see the floor spacing. You're going to see, see, you're going to see things that competitive teams are going to want in their playoff rotation and things that can boost a playoff team. Anthony Morrow type guys. That's what Darius Miller can bring. I want to see Darius Miller get a chance to play on a competitive team. And it wouldn't cost very much. I mean, it's literally $7 million, but also beyond that, if the Thunder do want to trade him, probably a, a late second round pick, a highly protected second round pick is all it would take. And, and Darius Miller just has playoff player written all over him to me. But I, I want to spend some time talking about Al Horford. I've said it before. I'll say it again, and, and I'll always say it. What Al Horford has done in Oklahoma City cannot be understated. I don't care if the Thunder ever trade him. I don't care what his return ever is, if the Thunder do trade him. I don't care about anything at all regarding Al Horford's future. I don't care what that contract looks like next year. I I don't care. What Al Horford is doing for Oklahoma City has to be applauded, and it's on par with or even better than what Chris Paul did last year. Now, Chris Paul's season last year was much better. The results of last year's game, of the last year's season, was so much better. I'm talking about just what it takes to to do what Al Horford's doing. He's buying into a team that, on paper, is much worse than last year's team. And this team, on paper, again, this is only on paper, is much worse than last year's team. There is no Gallinari. There is no Dennis Schroeder. You're even missing George Hill right now. You're you're playing games without SGA. This team is clearly not in a contend mode. And, and last year's team wasn't in a contendo to start the year, but everyone understood that if they did keep the band together and if they didn't trade anyone else off, that that squad was a playoff squad. This squad is maybe a play-in squad, right? Maybe this team can reach the play-in. And let's be honest with ourselves. Although it's been a fun ride, an exciting ride, and all that jazz, and I love every player on this team watching them develop, the Thunder quickly find themselves now sixth on tankathon.com. The Thunder are only four and a half games out of the worst record in the NBA. They are only three games out of getting to that three spot and having a 14% chance to get the number one overall pick, which is the highest percent chance you can have. The Thunder are at best a a play-in team, not a one through eight, and especially not a top four seed, which is what Oklahoma City would have been last year had all the tiebreakers worked out differently. So this team is dramatically different than the team that Chris Paul bought into. And Chris Paul had an image problem. Let's not forget, Chris Paul had to play nice. He had to be the leader he should be because there were some concerns there off the court about what kind of environment he would bring. And Chris Paul did everything perfectly, and this is not taking away anything from Chris Paul. It's comparing and contrasting the different circumstances. Al Horford does not have an image issue. Al Horford has a can-you-still-play issue. 
And, and Chris Paul dealt with that a little bit, but it was mainly about the off the court stuff. And is he worth the money and the headache that he might bring to a locker room? Plus the, he's getting old and regressing without Horford. It's simply just, he's getting old and regressing. What can he do with a different team in a different circumstance? So without Horford, all he'd have to do is put up stats and he's out of here, right? If he really did not want to buy in and give any effort to be a team player, he could just jack up shots, get his numbers, do it on good efficiency, and then not give two craps about what happens when losses or how these players develop. But instead, he's taken every game to teach young players. He's taking every game to get better for himself, but also for his teammates. And he's taking the time to communicate and mentor these young guys. And I don't know what it is, but the the, the rate at which Oklahoma City gets veterans to come here and to put themselves and put their ego aside is remarkable. Again, that's not disparaging Chris Paul at all. I, I, I cannot say enough about what I think about Chris Paul. In fact, this offseason is talking about retiring his jersey. So that has nothing to do with Chris Paul. It has everything to do with the fact that Al Horford does not have that carrot at the end of the tunnel with this Thunder team. Again, last year's Thunder team was good. I mean, it was a good team as long as they didn't trade pieces. The the fear was they're going to trade pieces. They're not going to have Gallinari. They're not, not going to have Dennis Schroeder. And they're going to trade pieces and not be very good. This Thunder team is just not very good on paper in general. So the, the gold carrot for Al Horford was not there. But I'm so impressed with what Al Horford did. Now, we can go back and forth about this game, but the big thing was at the end of the game sequences. So once again, this game comes down to an overtime matchup between the Lakers and the Thunder. And these are growing experiences. I do not care that they lost. I really don't. I care that they showed up to fight yet again. With eight players, and without your leader in SGA, without your bucket getter, without your go-to star, they showed up to Staples Center, and they took LeBron James to the final buzzer, and Lou Dort locked down LeBron. I mean, he embarrassed LeBron on that final possession. Made him airball. Lou Dort matched up with LeBron, who could have hit a dagger against this Thunder team, made LeBron airball. That, that is a, an experience that you can take with you and grow from. Also, the last possession of each, the regulation and overtime, are stuff you can learn from. So the, the last two possessions were bad for each, you know, for the overtime and, and regulation. But to me, it was more so miscommunication. It was more so young players not fully grasping the situation that they've been put in because it's the first time they've been put in these spots. And so it's not something I'm, I'm desperately worried about or concerned about moving forward. It's not something I think that cannot be fixed and corrected. It is easily correctable things, I, I believe. So at the end of regulation, what happened was it looked like, you know, when the Thunder got the ball back, that Al Horford gets the ball at the top of the key. Everyone knows he cannot take the guy off the dribble. He motions for Lou Dort to come up, and Lou Dort gets the three-point shot. And the Thunder wasted eight seconds to get a okay look from the three-point line from a guy who's not shooting the three very well right now in Lou Dort. It looked like there was some confusion, and this is just me watching at home on the TV, so, I mean, this could very well be wrong, but it looked like there was some confusion from Al Horford of, okay, are we going to call a timeout? Are we going to set up a, an out-of-timeout play? Or is it just my basketball and I dictate what happens from here on out? There was some confusion there, it seemed, on the television. And for me, I was surprised and I was kind of perplexed why Mark didn't call a timeout and set up an out-of-bounds play because he's been so good at them throughout this season. But it kind of looked like there was some confusion there. Not a good possession that led the Thunder into overtime. And then in overtime, you know, both teams look tired at this point. The Lakers are playing three straight overtime games. The Thunder playing back-to-back overtime games and like their 5,000th game in a row with only eight players. So both teams looked kind of tired at the end. And Lou Dort had some fantastic finishes. And I want to spend the whole third segment talking about Lou Dort. But at the 
end of play for overtime, the Thunder were down one with four seconds left. And Baisley, I don't think understood the time. It's hard to tell by the camera angles. I mean, cause you're not there. I, I think that Baisley kind of walked a little too casually. And maybe that's what Mark saw. I was kind of confused on why, you know, if Baisley didn't have control of the basketball, if Baisley was running into trouble, what was going on there? Why you don't wait to call a timeout until Baisley crosses the timeline. I, I couldn't really make it out on television. I need to go rewatch that and see if it becomes more clear to me. But bottom line is they did not cross the timeline before the timeout. They already made a dribble before the timeout, so they could not advance the ball. So they had to end on the ball behind the timeline, and the play drawn up was deflected by LeBron, and that's how the game ends. There's no shot. Even the Kenny Hustle half-court heave was after the buzzer. would not have counted anyway, so literally you got no shot on the last play that could have won the game. And right there, it's just miscommunication. I mean, the way Mark explained it in the in the post-game press conference to us was that you know the idea was let's let these guys play it out, and I'm not going to call a timeout. I'm going to let them play. I want them to push the tempo. I want them to push the pace. And if we don't have numbers, then I'll blow it dead and, and we'll regroup in, in a huddle. But for the time being, these players are going to run and I'll stop the time. And, you know, and I'll call a timeout. If a timeout needs to be called, these players will not call the timeout. So that's where the players start dribbling. And that's where you lose the right to advance the ball. So that explains that portion of it. I'm not sure the timeout got burned prior to Baisley crossing the timeline because with that timeout, you had four seconds left and Baisley was right near the timeline to where he could have gotten across it to where you do have the quote-unquote advancement. You know, you're in that same area of an advancement with the timeout. Had you just shaved off another three-tenths of a second or whatever it would have been. So maybe Baisley didn't have full possession of it. Maybe he did not know what he was going to do next or, or was kind of confused himself. But that's some stuff that just gets cleaned up as you get more mature and you put guys in this position more. I mean, Baisley, Diallo, these guys have not been in the clutch ever in their NBA career. This is their first opportunities to be the go-to guys that aren't on the bench clapping. They're in the game playing the the string out in clutch time. So I am not going to get too up in arms about the lack of execution down the stretch in some of these games, especially these recent close losses. But I do want to talk about Lou Dort coming up, and we'll talk about the Oklahoma City Blues starting their season as well and the MVP of the game and the bet of the day outcome. But I do want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. So betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and prop bets are almost about almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. It's a free sign-up process. Head on over to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. But online, your online sportbook experts. Again, betonline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at Blue Nile. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have heard about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it right now. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinct designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a unique, beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNow.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 of the most modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're looking to mark that special commitment 
or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings are now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. When this podcast is over, go check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important to have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast in the world. Subscribe today to the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts from, including the Radio.com app. I want to spend this time talking about Lou Dort. Lou Dort in this game goes 7 for 17 from the floor, 41%. He scores 17 points. He gets two steals defensively and, again, has that amazing possession where he just locks down and embarrasses LeBron James and, once again, has NBA media and NBA fans talking about Lou Dort in the regular season and has these fans and and these Rob Perez, I mean, the, the biggest NBA Twitter icon, Rob Perez, is making videos about Lou Dort in the middle of February for a team that is the sixth worst team in the NBA. I mean, that puts into context how good Lou Dort is defensively, that he can truly embarrass LeBron that bad in a overtime game in February. Lou Dort was awesome, and he continues to be awesome defensively. And before the game, Mark told us how Lou Dort has improved defensively because it seems like he's doing the same stuff, right? I mean, we've been used to him playing good defense for a long, long time. It's why he became this cult figure for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But the difference this year is that he's no longer only using his skill set. He's no longer only using his his ability. He's using data, and he's using profiles on players and understanding what players like to do and just understanding the game more and the scouting part of it more. And and that's unlocking even more for his game. So Lou Dorr is going to continue to get better, even as good as he is right now defensively. And in this game, he has 17 points on 41% shooting from the floor. He got the 17 points by making zero threes, and he's been really bad from beyond the arc for these last couple of weeks after that amazingly hot start from beyond the arc earlier this season where he's shooting like 40% in the first month of the year. But the difference between Lou Dort and and Andre Robertson or a Tabasafalosha is the fact that he can score at different levels. He does not have to rely on the three-point shot. He can also be a really good facilitator. You saw him as that point guard dishing out for assists, but also using his head of steam in his body to get to the rim and finish at the rim effectively. Lou Dort can do so many things other than the three-point shot that he's not just left in the corner alone. He can drive and kick. He can drive to the rim himself and keep it himself and make the layup. He can use him in in pick and rolls on offense. You can do so much with Lou Dort that is not just sitting on the corner of the three-point line and having guys back off him, which guys have started to do. I mean, you saw LeBron on one of those last two possessions just absolutely back away from Lou Dort on the perimeter and and be able to roam more and play some help defense more because he was matched up with Lou Dort. And that really helped him play that roller position defensively. You're seeing that happen more and more to Dort as this cold stretch continues, but he's not a liability. He's just not even on a night that he goes over five. He's not an offensive liability. And that's such a big deal for Lou Dort. And we knew that the 40% effort would not last. We just did. Now it's how far down will this level out? Is this going to level out at 35, 33, 30, under 30? Where's the average for Lou Dort? Because we have two very small sample sizes still. We have this awful sample size, which I don't think is legitimate. And we have this 40% sample size, which I don't think is legitimate. It's somewhere in the middle of of those two spectrums. Where's it going to be at for Lou Dort? But the defense has been consistently great. And he has been great in a multitude of ways just not from beyond the arc in this specific stretch. 
But Kenny Hustle, who has a career high in this game, deserves all of the credit for the MVP of the game. I bet Lakers minus 12 with SGA out and the Thunder showed up. And, and once again, you cannot count out the scrappy Thunder team. Look, they might not have a good record in a couple months. I mean, their record might be bad. But one thing's for certain is that they're going to fight and compete and play a competitive brand of basketball, which is what I said they're going to do all year long going back to the preseason. They've done, they've done just that. And it's been so fascinating to watch how that has happened with it, with the Kenny Hustle games and the Isaiah Roby games and the Justin Jackson games. I mean, you're getting it from so many different sources. It's so interesting to see who's going to step up the next game against Denver. Note that Diallo did leave this game to go to the locker room, but he came back and was able to continue to play. So hopefully all is good there, but still monitor that because SGA left that game against Houston with a knee injury, and then all of a sudden he was on the injury report and listed as out for the next game. So even though he continued to play, throughout the rest of that game that he injured himself in. So we'll see what happens with, with Diallo moving forward. The Thunder with eight players still keep it competitive and still keep it close with the Lakers. And that's, again, no one likes moral victories. I've said that before, but for this team, I'll take that. J- just to see them fight with the group of guys they had tonight. I mean, this is just a hodgepodge of players from Darius Miller to Kenny Hustle to Darius Baisley to Al Horford. How many first-round picks did you have on this roster? Right, like you're comprised of mostly second round guys, late first round guys, and they band together and they they make something happen. So they're a treat to watch. Wesley Matthews went off tonight for LA, and he's been a thunder killer this season. The mock headline of the day is again Father John Misty leaving LA. Thunder lose to Lakers in overtime. The Oklahoma City Blues start their season this morning at 10 a.m. So be sure to check out Alexei Pukashevsky, Ty Jerome, Moses Brown, Josh Hall, and the rest of the Oklahoma City Blue crew. I will be watching. I'll be in the post-game media availability, and we'll recap it on Friday's show. Also on Friday's show, we'll have Stock Watch buying and selling stock in NBA teams and players. We'll preview the Nuggets game, and we'll wrap up some news and notes around the NBA that we might have missed throughout the week. Also on Friday afternoon, the Thunder played the G League Ignite team, which got underway today as Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Green made their professional debut, along with Dacian Nix and, and other potential first-round players with the G League Ignite squad, who started out 1-0 after being Jeremy Lin and the Santa Cruz Warriors. So I went over for 2 today. I got Mike Muscala on the money ball. He did not make a 3 at all. And I had the Lakers minus 12. I had to change the money ball from whenever we recorded the preview because SGA did not play. But hopefully we can rebound on Friday's contest. Let me know your biggest takeaways from this game and this season so far on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you are interested in the blue more, you can go to BricktownBuckets.com or write a whole season preview for the Oklahoma City Blue. That's BricktownBuckets.com. This is Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. We'll see you tomorrow. Be good and be good to one another. Perfect ending to a historic day.